You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me as always, Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. You know, um, didn't have a whole lot of Flyers games this week, but we did have a whole, well, but we did have a lot to talk about. There were some other games. There were some all-star games. We have a lot to get into today, but uh, as we get into that, make sure to follow us on the social media at YWT podcast. Uh, Kevin is at Kevin underscore Durso pretty much everywhere. So, um, all right, diving right into it. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we are starting with a pretty serious topic for the second week in a row. Yep. Carter Hart once again is in the news. Uh, the thing, basically, the things that we drew a dotted line between last week kind of mm. got down in pen. Um, as has, much as they can right now, yeah. Right. He has been charged with sexual assault, uh, one count. Uh, four of the five players involved were charged with one count. Uh, Michael McLeod was charged with an additional count. Uh, we know a lot of the details. We don't quite know everything. The London police uh, statement is still scheduled for tomorrow as of this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, uh, yeah. there's there's a lot here. Where, where sure. do you want to start to tackle this one? I'll just go kind of follow like same thing we did last week. Follow the timeline, get yeah. everything together. There's a little bit more certainty in talking about it now, obviously, because you had you had confirmations of things basically. And yeah, Michael McLeod is player one, you know, et cetera. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Even know about that. I didn't see anything like that specifically. Like I need, no, you need it literally written in ink. I understand. That's what I'm saying. You can't draw assumptions. I imagine that is something that, well, I don't know. Oh, no, I'm saying until I see it written down as such, I'm not saying it. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, it, th- I will say that for anybody who thought that we were going to have a quiet week, you know, that the games were over on Saturday, there wasn't anything supposedly that was going to happen with this until Monday of this week, you know, that we were going to get, you know, the London police were going to speak and given, you know, kind of address this. And that was be- would be where it was, which, by the way, tactfully done in line with the NHL schedule, by the way, to not make it a thing that they can officially talk on over the all-star weekend. We'll get to that. Cause I sure. have, a, I have a couple of thoughts on that too. Um, so, but you got a couple of days. We did the last show, which on Sunday got a couple of days and here it is four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. And the story starts evolving. And as has been the case in a lot of these situations over the last several years, as news like this comes out, especially in the hockey world, it's a report from Rick Westhead of TSN that kind of comes out and gets the ball rolling on this. I mean, that, that guy is phenomenal at his job. If he doesn't end up with a Pulitzer or sure. at the very something. least, like something, something, some equivalent on. of some sort for Holy. investigative, because, because at this point in time, like he's reporting on hockey related stories. He's never gone to a game as far as I know. It's like, human, it's human right. stories. He, he yeah. is an investigative journalist that is, in particular right now specializing in the hockey related side of that yep and between kyle and does, beach and all this stuff right and, and that's yeah. and and honestly his credibility in the kyle beach thing is what makes his credibility so good in this that you could read something r- reported by him in this situation and say listen as much as you need confirmation to completely affirm these things his reputation is so good that it probably is true. And we're going to find out that this is yeah. what's coming down. So let's start with this. We did actually, this is, this was something that happened hours, legit hours after we finished the last show yep. that, 
Alex Fermentin did turn himself in and had been charged. Yep. And was case. the first person to be like that was Sunday, named. right? That yeah. was Sunday, which made you think like, I, I know reading it, I went, Oh boy, the first domino is falling. Here, Here we, we go. go. And you knew to brace yourself. And then nothing really came of it. And I'm like, okay, well, listen, he also was the only one in his release, like in his statement or about taking a leave or whatever that said he was returning to Canada. Right. You know, not that the other four couldn't, but they were obviously closer proximity playing in the NHL. It was a bigger that deal stuff. that he was coming right. back from. Europe. If nothing else, that there was reason to believe that until there was a press conference that the other four who actively had NHL contracts and still well and technically still do we'll get into that too yeah we will um that they could have kind of hidden behind the fact that there was a public thing that was already on tap and mm -hmm. tried to kind of go into this quietly to wait wait for it well and uh, until somebody puts something out is the point you know so fermentin goes and, and turns himself in and the other four are kind of at large at that moment until the report comes out that here you know this is what the story is the report is that they're all facing charges Yep. And once and and that and put and actually put names to it too because let's remember the the only report that was out previously was just that it's five it's five players and, and then, then we, we started to draw connections between well five players on that team took leave of absence what does that mean or what does it look like that means now they put their names to it here's the report that puts all five of their names directly to this case now we kind of know without a shadow of a doubt what is coming. And that was when the statements from lawyers started to come in. We knew about Formentin already. Michael McLeod's statement was first, or his lawyer's statement was first, confirming it. Carter Hart's was second. Yep. Then Dylan Dubé and Cal Foote was the final one. I, let's go this way. Um, I, spent, I spent a decent chunk of Tuesday afternoon, by the way. I, I didn't write anything, obviously. until I mean, well, some of it happened so close together. I was probably writing... I didn't start really start writing until hearts came out anyway. Not okay. that there was a reason to like sit and hold on it. Right. You know, it was, you know, late afternoon and you're trying to figure all that out as practically as I'm writing the heart portion of it, Dubay's came out. So I quickly went back in and updated that. Okay. Dubay said something and I, and then put a footnote. Cal foot's the only one who hasn't said anything. And I think an hour later foot statement was out or his out. lawyers were well, out and it's like, okay, now they're all in on this thing. Like they're all, all the lawyers have made statements and, and confirmed the charge. And that was actually that, that was the really important part. Isn't making a statement from your lawyer. They confirmed that the charges that they are, all confirmed yes. charges were being my client involved. has been charged. Right. Right. Uh, and another another thing I just wanted to mention real quick, since we're talking sure. about the attorneys, is um, you may notice that we mentioned five different statements. It is five different legal teams. I believe that is being done in accordance with Canadian law. I do not believe they're allowed to have the same uh, legal people. representation. Uh, there is also a possibility, it kind of looking forward a little bit, if there is eventually a trial, uh, there is a possibility that it will be lumped in and then all five players will be tried at the same time. Uh, so sure. that, is, uh, that is something that is a possibility moving forward. Just, right. you know, I... At the I'm very, very, I was very into the legal world and I kind of know at the, at the, well, believe me, I, I sat there and yeah. turned around and said at some point in time, I went from covering hockey games to all of a sudden, you know, basically <laughs> constantly writing the script to a law and order episode. It feels, you know, practically it feels wild. like it. Yeah. Um, and the, the one thing that you say that, that at the very least I think is going to be true, you know, cause like you said, we don't know if they're going to necessarily be tried together in a case. Right. 
at the very least, there's going to be a ton of cross-examination in these cases where, oh yeah, because because everybody's a would be a witness to the same thing essentially. That if you can, that if everybody's story is supposed to correlate, especially the woman who is the victim in this, right? And and for what it's worth, by the way, I believe both every report that's been out has said that she's going to be part of that trial yeah, in well, every yes. way possible. And that's one of the reasons um, that they may all be lumped together. Is well, that, and so she only has to go. Well, and for what it, for what it's time. worth, by the way, and I'm gonna again, I'm gonna get to the how you know Gary Bettman spoke at the All Star game, yeah. like that or whatever. He did confirm that she did not participate in the NHL's investigation. Okay, and that that was her right to not do so. But why why would you? Um, I get, I get it. Well, I'll get in again. I'll get into anyway. that later. Um, but that's where the facts stand for right now. We can start to kind of look at repercussions a little bit. Obviously, still a fine line because going lo- to a court of law, innocent until well, proven no, the, guilty, the, does still well, apply. To well, a it does, but also <laughs> at this point in time, also it's while it's the lawyers making these statements on behalf of their clients. Because the police department hasn't held a press conference yet and has not actually formally announced the charges, despite what the lawyer statements are saying, that kind of puts the league in a spot where to this point they haven't had to act on anything and shouldn't for that matter. Because, again, you haven't gotten an official statement yet beyond. I mean, yes, I, I get it. Their lawyers are all saying they've been charged, but the police department really needs to step forward to kind of give this some more levity at this point and really give this give more ground for something to happen. And even then, I mean, honestly, it didn't sound like much is going to happen right now because everything is pending trial anyway. Yeah. If nothing I, else, we'll get, in, I mean, we'll get like, let's wait. The way this works also is everybody with the exception of Alex Fermenton, who was not actively on an NHL roster to begin with, each player is on paid leave of absence. Each player is considered non-roster. Carter Hart was officially moved to non-roster this week specifically, yep. um, but they're considered non-roster. Once the charges are formally announced, that's maybe when you'll see some things happen. The league is going to at least probably have to put out a formal statement on it. Um, But the league really has no grounds to do anything until charges are officially out there. And then everything falls kind of into the hands of the NHL, Gary Bettman, the the Players Association. There's a lot. Again, there's a lot of things to connect there, too, because you're going to have two different sides going at each other. Just to clarify regarding player status, you said they're non-roster. You said they're getting paid. They right. are not taking up they a roster against, spot, but their money does still roster. count against the salary cap, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, um, and obviously, you know, Carter Hart, the one that's most relevant to this situation, is a restricted free agent at the end of the you know the year. And well, we'll, that, we'll talk about that. But Well, that's part of where I wanted to go because this kind of teeters into – because obviously Bettman got asked a lot of questions about – well, Bettman came to that, that press conference with a prepared statement. Let's start there. He actually yep. did come with a prepared statement to kind of address – which I'll give a little bit of credit for because they could have just showed up and been like, hey, guys, big all-star game weekend, We're not talking whatever. About it. And, no, and had to wait until someone questioned on it and then right. and then probably just hid behind oh, no, no they, comment. They addressed at it. At least on. it was addressed, right? Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't go head on. Sorry, so, but at least at least <laughs> as, he came prepared for that. As There's, head on as Gary Bettman ever addresses well, anything ever. Oh, don't worry. I have some words to use regarding what everything with that. Um, because, well, because there's really nothing the league can do in regards to Formentin because he's not playing. He, you know, you can very simply, right. uh, like, honestly, they could very simply as an ex NHL player at this given moment, you know, they could say he's suspended indefinitely and then requires reinstatement. And that's the end of that. Right. Like, seriously, yep. like he'd have to meet with Bettman to have anything in his career done. Obviously that Bettman's going to turn that down or should turn it down as long as there is a pending charge against him. Of course. And, and, and then. 
okay, if the charge, if some, some something happens where the charges get dropped, there's a settlement, there's what, whatever happens with the trial, as long as he comes away not requiring, I guess, requiring jail time. Right. If he wants to try to meet with Bettman and get reinstated at that point, then sure, be my guest. But by that point, you got to go through the process nonetheless. Right. Like you're going to still be out of the league, like league for a while or whatever. The other four, the difference is the other four players have con active contracts, you know, and now I do find, I will say this. I do find it phenomenally interesting that I guess by coincidence or maybe not, depending on how you want to look at it, that all four players are in the exact same position, which is in the final year of their contracts, which I means that, which means that that's a surprise in the slightest. Well, Here's the reason why I'm surprised by it a little bit, because it's not like all of them were up and then signed one year deals because of what was going on. Like it happens right. that Carter Hart's previous three year deal is in the final year of the contract as this all happens. Like, right. It didn't have to be that way. What if Carter Hart did sign long term when that contract was up and signed if for he five had four years or more years? left, Right. And let's Seven say he spent for five or six years instead of yep. three. And it's. There's still three more years beyond this that he's on the books. That would be a totally different conversation. That's yep. why at least the league and Batman can look at look at this and basically say, listen, first of all, the likelihood that they're even like like you like we already brought up, they may not even be allowed back in the country, let well, alone. And if you, you give know, the NHL the option to punt something down the road, they're going to. It's not even a matter of that they're like giving them the opportunity to punt something down the road, though, because what basically you're sitting here saying is, is that once the contracts are up, they're 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 property of no one. Right. Every every single one of them, the New Jersey Devils have two of these players. The Flyers have Hart and Calgary's got Dubay. They could just as easily sit there when the contract ends and go non-qualified. And that's it. It's over. Just like that. Like, and from, from from a well, who do they belong to? Stand well, and given the fact that. This trial, if there is a trial, if this does go the distance here, if there is a trial, it will take place in Ontario. And right. Ontario does not have a priority system for high profile cases. So therefore, this case will sit in the queue. And there is a chance that we don't see a trial until 2026. That's right. Well, and it will be. But here's the thing. If there's if you can we can say that all we want to. But that as far as I'm concerned. Whatever happens with that happens according to their legal system. Sure. The object of the, 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 the real priority at that given point is that these players are nowhere near an NHL arena. Correct. Because yep. as long as it's pending, because that's the way that this should go. Sure. It's, it's simply the way it should go. And if that's but if that's the case, then I, that's why I'm saying as much as the hockey perspective of this is secondary. Right. It's very easy for all of the teams that currently have these players to sit there and go, their contracts are up at the end of the year. It's pretty obvious at this point that they're not going to be back with their teams for the rest of this season. Right. We won't have so, answers. So they worry. So they walk. Yep. You just like, or, or it's not even a matter that they walk. You, you take care of matters like that. You cut ties and they float into the ether. Well, uh, here's, here's also the way I kind of want to put it. The league would have an opportunity also, because Bettman's got control over things like this. He could, if he wanted to issue suspensions and, and do something, he's going to pull back. And, and again, it's a lawyer perspective that sits there and says, don't act upon it. We don't have enough information as long as it's pending and they're not playing. I think that that's, justified enough that they're not actively playing and yep. their contracts are up at the end of the year anyway. So presumably they won't basically the way I heard, I translate that is presumably they won't have jobs after June anyway. So who cares? 
right? And I like, think that is an the extent. case. And you know, we were chatting about it a little bit before the show. But if if we go two years without a trial, mm-hmm. I mean, where are these guys playing in those two years? They're, right. they're well, not going like, they're not going to be allowed to leave Canada. They're not going to be allowed to go play in, right. Yeah. They're not going to be allowed to go play in Europe like Format and been doing. Right. I, pr- presumably, you're locked down in Canada. You're not going to be skating right. at a high level like even if you are acquitted at this point if it takes two three years is your career over anyway right well possibly sure because these players like, are young enough that maybe not if they if they are acquitted but it depends on how quickly though you're right, right. because it, like like at the end of the day th- think and 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 i'm using i'll use hard as the primary example because of the position that he plays you have a shelf life as a goalie sometimes and for the you record, skip two or three years of playing, and now would, all of a sudden you go from 25 to 28. Good luck getting back into, you know. And, and I would also just like to put it on the record here that I don't necessarily think they will be acquitted, nor should they. Uh, and if they are put through the legal system and they are found guilty, I believe they deserve large prison sentences. Well, there was okay. a little bit out that West had, had a little bit about that too, about like the difference between. I guess the difference between a sexual assault charge and then if there's a gang aspect to it, that that creates different sentencing or yep. maximum sentences and things like that. So there's, I mean, again, there's a lot of technicalities with it. We, like I, like I said, all of a sudden we dealt, we dove into the world of we're writing a law and order script. Here yeah. And it's, way. Although it is real life, obviously. Right. Well, and it's a lot of stuff. Like I said, that London police is going to make a statement tomorrow. Sure. We may touch on it briefly next week. If there is something. Well, and, 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 and you already, and you already touched on something like about, about whether or not they would have careers anyway. Let's put it this way. You can leave the door open that there's a possibility they're not guilty in all of this, as sure. they say there are. It doesn't take away from the fact that these players at this point have permanently damaged their reputations one Absolutely. way or the other. Yep. Like, it's going to be hard for any second chance, even if they are found not guilty, just because of the fact that in today's world, we're not in most cases you know what and i don't want to say it there's like, the court of law and the court of public opinion well there is but here's what i was going uh, here's what i want to like what i kind of wanted to amend about that because i was going to say we don't turn a blind eye it depends on who you are like i, I think mm, teams may or leagues may because you know whatever but the public sure as hell isn't oh michael you know? mcleod will be a khl superstar we're not <laughs> Quite anyway, probably. we're not, uh, you know, I mean, we're not willing to just hand things out that easily. Like, right. and, and I like the way that I always feel like this is the National Hockey League. And just like any other major sports league, just like any prestigious job title that anyone could have in any field, it's a privilege to be a part of it. So yeah. when that privilege is abused in any way, it makes you consider how deserving the person even is to get another opportunity to be there. So, you know, I look at stuff like that and that's, and, and listen, that's kind of the teeter off of that. That's why I'm not surprised by kind of the league's reaction, Mm. you know, to an extent because, well, and on one hand, there's nothing they can do actively. They, like I said, they'll probably release a statement after the announcement is made by London police or whatever. But, but Bettman spoke at the All-Star game this weekend and was was asked a lot of questions about it. As, as a matter of fact, beyond the prepared statement that they came with, and and, and this is one point that kind of goes in line with what we're talking about that I want to bring up too, is I guess through, through translation, so to speak, if you're trying to read between the lines of what he's saying, he kind of almost flat out just said straight up at this given moment, they're free agents as it is. They're done, right. Right, like, like as much as there's the formality of they're going to remain non-roster and ta- and they're not taking up a roster spot, but they count against the cap of their teams probably for the rest of the year. Legally speaking, their contracts will be right. paid. Right. Um, 
so uh, you know, you know, and 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 then I guess at that point too, beyond the season, there's really also nothing for the league to do, right? Like because this should be right. this should be self policing. No, well, no one's he, well, reaching right. out and offering Dylan Dubay a contract this summer. The, or they shouldn't anyway. I I imagine um, they won't be. Right. But and, and listen, while what he's saying is true, that yes, like you don't expect them to be active while this is ongoing and their contracts are up in basically a matter of months. So it essentially takes care of itself to an extent. They again, while all of this is true, they they always like, man, they take things that are rightfully so uncomfortable to begin with and make it more uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. So the first three questions of the press conference were or three or four were Robin Doolittle, who had who is the Globe and Mail reporter who had the initial story about five players that were supposed yeah. to be surrendering to London police, right? And probably and has the first been side by side with Rick Westhead through a lot of these well, stories over the last the, couple the of years. Fascinating part with stuff like that is that they're not even like it's not even with the same outlets. That these are people who are right. digging and getting this information and doing it through separate outlets, kind of the way, you know, in the same way that a trade would happen and you go, well, Elliot Friedman had it first, but here's another detail that Sarah Valley's gonna get. And oh wait, Pierre Lebrun's got another little nugget about this thing too. Yeah. That that all equates to a total story, right? Um, no, so she asked like maybe the first three or four questions. And finally, at some point, Bettman goes, are we having a personal conversation or are we just going to open up the floor? I mean, that's just cringeworthy. Like and there's, there's other ways to say that. Like I, I understand. And I get where he's like, and I get it. Right. Like it's the all-star game. You're not like, but at the same time, it's, this is something that, that your league is facing. Sure. Step it's, up it's, and answer the damn question. Sure. Like, I absolutely agree. And like you it, knew it was it, coming. You had to know it was coming. And at the same time, it's not like it's something that's as simple as ask a question and there's no follow-up to it. There's multiple follow-ups. Right. And Bettman also said something along the lines of about how 99.9% of the people in the game are the type who conduct themselves properly or something to that effect. And this doesn't embody hockey culture. And you want to go like you wanted somebody that's to a high go percentage. up and, you know, you want but you wanted someone to go up there and shake some sense and go, hello, the Chicago Blackhawks ring a bell. Right, you, you know, have an entire organization. This, that was right. Yeah. Well, like, well, like he tried to make it sound like over the last decade that things are going swimmingly, and this is just one minor. It's like, no, Gary, like this isn't new. If yeah, you were the, like, you know, the fact that Kevin Shoveldayoff is still the GM in Winnipeg is astonishing to me after the the Chicago stuff. But so, like, anyway. like, well, and like, this is not the last time that I have like the bit like the potential of saying the word cringeworthy during like because because there's a lot of pieces of that weekend in general that are but like yeah we'll get but, to it but but like whenever it's always things like this because because the commissioners like and Petman like just crossed over as like I think the longest tenured commissioner in sports history maybe in or sports, something like that. Yeah not NHL or, history sports history yes right because he's been doing it for at this point he's been doing it for 32 years I guess it's been since yeah. 92 right so it's astounding to believe that he was like 40 when he got that job. Well, but this is crazy. Okay, but this is what I'm saying. Cause you take a guy at his age who is up there trying to lighten up a situation because it's the all-star weekend and, and may try to like, like he's trying to like give you a little punch on the arm. Well, like, well, like, like, talk about fun like, stuff. like, well, to, yes, to an extent, but also like you look at that conversation and you go like, or not conversation that, that line of questioning. And it becomes like, like, He's trying to make a joke out of that. Yeah. Are we having a personal conversation? Is this a personal interview or are, are we, we going to open up the floor? Right. Right. And it's like, it's not funny though. Like you Gary. may be trying to make it right. funny, but it's not like at one point in time, like I looked over, I had it, I had the stream going and I'm like, this feels like the, you know, like 
the two old men sitting in the balcony on the Muppets. Right, Statler and Waldorf. Right. Like with um, what's it called? With um, Bill Daly sitting next to him. Oh, I'm convinced him and Bill Daly are just Statler and Waldorf. But quite frankly, Statler and Waldorf are funnier. Well, um, sure, because anybody who tries to be that funny in those right. settings doesn't come across as funny. Like even down to like they had everybody like introducing themselves or whatever. And like Elliot Friedman just starts asking this question. <laughs> and Bettman goes, like, I know who you are, Elliot, but say say it for the rest. of And it's like, right. dude, dude, when did you become a second grade teacher? You know, that like I, you're like like it, that you're conducting the media room like it's a classroom. Like, I come on, think let's all I, be adults here. When is Gary's contract up? It's in what, two or three years? Oh, who the hell knows? I, I believe I believe his contract is coming up soon. I think he's done. And I think and something we'll talk about a little bit later on is that another one of the things that they announced over the course of All Star Weekend is the fact that the NHL will be going back to the Olympics in 2026 yeah. and 2030. And I think that is the crown jewel that he's retiring on is look i gave you back olympic play and he's out so i think i think he's trying one, one to, can only hope and i think he's trying to turn his media image into a more positive almost you know going for the funny guy you know lovable grandpa or whatever he's going for it's also well you know, it's also a crutch when you know that there's also things that you don't well, want to talk about like 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 remember like let's remember this is the point of it's it's uncomfortable because it's supposed to be oh yeah you it's can either you can either address it head on or you can try to lean on the crutch of of using your humor or whatever you think you're trying to do frankly, but it doesn't it make it any less uncomfortable frankly it's uncomfortable because it sucks well sure but like my point is is that listen sometimes we f- that's what you face in life yep like like, listen, not everything's perfect, and people are going to do things that are wrong and not moral. And when it happens and you oversee a league where it's involved in this case, you have two options. You can address it head on or you can try to beat around the bush with it and try to use humor to lighten the mood of the room when it's going on or whatever. And it actually like, and it makes uh, that's how I said it makes what's already uncomfortable more uncomfortable because yep. like I'm sitting there watching that and I'm going, you're really trying to gloss over this. And by the way, if you're if you're not uncomfortable in this conversation, go read go read the complaint. Go do the research. Go right. I mean, there's go read what happened. It's what, uncomfortable. Yeah, what allegedly happened. Anyway, what allegedly yes, happened? Yes, it is uncomfortable. It sure. should be uncomfortable, and that's why I urge any listeners who may not know kind of the extent, the depths of what's going on. Well, and, and by the by the way, like even one of the other things that Bettman said was along the lines of, well, th- when when this happened, they weren't on NHL rosters. It doesn't matter. They were all drafted. Right. They are all They're property of an NHL team right. at the moment this happens. So they're guess all currently what? Again, making millions of dollars in your league. And it, well, it's not. No, it's it's because. Well, no, because well, they currently. don't really make. They know. Well, yeah, they currently are. I'm saying they don't at the time of, the, of what happened. They no, were right. not actively making the money unless they were playing in the league. No, I know. But but nonetheless, it's like, again, it's a privilege to be tied to an NHL franchise. Act accordingly, yep. you know, and. And I, like, like, listen, I do I do hope for the sake of because there's a lot of conversation about because one of the other pieces that there's a lot of conversation about is that at one point in time, like the report had eight people involved in this and now it's it's five or whatever. And, and yeah. there's and you got people who are out there going who are the other three like we must know or whatever it is and the problem is is that 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 has the potential to follow around the entire roster even sure. if you had an alibi yeah you absolutely know? the only 
like Kale, like Kale McCarr is a perfect example. Kale McCarr had a backstory, wasn't at the thing, did you know? Literally was not in right. the same province, but he was on that team, and that still will follow him being teammates. With that like, like I also also like one of the other things also is that like because there's people who said they're like we're gonna have it's the same conversation as with the Chicago Blackhawks with how many who knew who knew what what were you then whatever. It's the Watergate. Yeah. What did he? What did they know? When did they know it? Well, here's here's where I'm going with that. The the Dylan Dubé statement. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously now that doesn't look good, right? Well, and the Calgary and, Flames and Cal- have come out since and issued a statement that says, "Well, we are now aware of which, so, which, which quite frankly dug a hole worse." Yes, because that means one of two things: your player lied to you, or you knew, and now you're just digging yourself deeper because you're lying about the fact that you knew. Be- it, it's not it wouldn't be that bad of a look for for the organization if the player lied about it because here's here's the here's the truth of the matter and I saw a lot of people saying this if Dylan Dubé was asked requested and was granted a leave of absence from the Calgary Flames and, and cited you know, and cited and yeah. cited mental health as his reason they can't ask any questions about it it's a no question right. like you if you grant it it's a no questions asked thing you need it for your mental health okay fine whether he's telling the truth or not about that Turns out it's the uh, fact that they came back with the follow up and said we were not previously aware. You're kidding, right? What we've been under a rock for the last two years. Headline player charged with sexual assault might not be great person. Well, and and beyond that, it has nothing to do with that. I'm saying if the team's going to sit there and say we were not previously aware, you were not aware that there were you know, was a roster full of players of which you had one that was at least that was at least subject to a possible trial. If you're what rock in, were you all living under? Right. If you're a team in the NHL and you don't know that roster backward, every GM in the league should be able to list that roster backwards and forwards. And if they have any players on it, like, 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 let's be realistic for a second. This is going to transition us out of this to more flyers. Yeah, yeah, we stuff. are. We are going to get into lighter topics here towards the second. half. Well, I don't know if I, lighter might not be the right word, but <laughs> slightly more less hockey, dreadful. more hockey related topics, I guess. Slightly right. Slightly less dreadful. But like, OK, but like, let's let's here's the point. In hindsight, knowing what we know now about this and that Carter Hart's got a charge, at, you know, one charge of sexual assault, you know, that he, you know, that he's been charged with this and, and right. he's got lawyers making statements for him and he's on a leave and all that stuff. Right. Do you think that the Flyers didn't know that there was a possibility this was coming? When so, no, when you, you know when you consider that over the offseason they signed Sam Harrison to a two year extension one right. year before they had to they made a trade with a team yes to get draft picks but also yeah go ahead and throw Cal in Peterson. your five million dollar yeah. goaltender because you never know we may need him yeah I'll be honest with you dra- why, why did they draft two goalies at the draft because there's an element where even if you're gonna sit there and say we didn't know you know when. That's sure. fair. You, you, yeah, you, right. you know of what? Of course, you didn't know it. This, yeah, this was a ticking time bomb that was kind of like we sat there and said during the offseason we thought this was going to happen, and that was also possibly the reason why his name was on the block too. Yeah, but and, right, and yeah, and we heard this summer that the list was coming. Right, the investigation was you know getting close well, to completing and, and, and right, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We heard all summer. We talked about it on this show all summer. Oh, is it this week? Oh, is it this week? Oh, when well, because there was re- there was reason to believe it was going to be. That's exactly. why they, there was a lot and, of stuff that was saying it was going to be. And and in the meantime, the Flyers are requiring Cal Peterson and drafting two goalies and this and that. And I understand why they can't legally talk about it. Why they can't legally blah blah blah. But man, party your hopes. 
that if the team knew they would have benched the guy, they would have sat him. They would have cut him. They would have like, they would have done something as soon as they, and I know why they didn't. I know it's legal. It's contracts. It's well, they also can't until there's something out there either. Like you're going to, why not? Okay. But you're not contractually obligated to play him. You could, if you wanted run Urshan Peterson all season. And I'm not, again, I know why they didn't. I know why they did. It's not to me. It's not that simple. Like it's just not because I don't know, man. On a human I, level, I don't, it I don't makes, find it, it that, that I don't simple. find it that simple when there was nothing out there that actually put names to it. Because because okay, okay but just because there's nothing out there doesn't mean they didn't know. I don't. Here's okay. Hold on. Because if, we, if it comes out that they knew, and I'm not saying for sure that they did, but I don't. I don't see any world where they don't know. At least well, have some inkling. Mm, well, okay, inkling maybe, but again, I don't think they. I don't think anybody knew as much to to the extent that you're thinking. Because even Bettman said that the league's investigation, they did not talk to any other the teams individually. They they conducted that as a league thing, and nobody. Well, like, they weren't I'm talking they about weren't the police re- investigation more than anything. Yeah, but even then, I don't think that the police is going to be. You know, like again, you didn't have any. What what investigation to an extent? You're talking about an investigation that at one point in time was closed and then reopened. Yeah. And then reopened under severe public scrutiny. Regardless, though, then everybody's dropping the ball on it. You know what I mean? Like, like we're we're sitting here now putting like you're trying to put the focus on. Well, what if the team knew why? Like, why roll him out there? Well, then why you know why close the case and then reopen it? I mean, to get justice in that case, like the, the well, reason it's there rightfully is to... so. But they still. <laughs> but, but my point is that so then why why even go that far with it then? Because because same thing. There was you know there wasn't as far as you knew there wasn't grounds to do anything. So it's done. To me, listen. To me, it comes down to the fact that when when Danny Briere knows it's a possibility enough that he has to sign Sam Erson a year early, that he has to go acquire well, I don't, Cal Peterson. I, the, the Erson one is not as, like... I, I agree with that. He's just a good young player that they were right. probably going to attempt I think they did that because anyway. they genuinely like him. The Peterson quite, one was... Quite frankly, it's good for the team that they did that before well, the season sure. started because he would have made himself... He would have well, doubled and, his and, salary. Well, and beside the point, before we had, like, a possible, oh, this is coming out thing... No. The, Erson got enough playing time that everybody knew that the team liked him yeah so i don't think it had anything to do with oh this is potential like i think they just wanted him around to be around yeah the peterson one was what said everything well and here's the thing too the peterson thing set it off because it was a they acquired a goalie why would they do that and then also on the same day you had people saying well there's a possibility that carter hart gets moved too Right. Now, and, and, I, and 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 as much as you can cite the investigation process as something here, there was also the belief that the team was a what a month out from the new era press conference, and it was like, oh, they're going. <laughs> they they said rebuild. They meant it. They're trading the goalie. Yeah, but I wonder if the reason they didn't trade the goalie is because the goalie is damaged goods. Well, sure, because it, 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 what I'm trying that's what I'm trying to get at is that right. I don't look. You don't know to what extent. Is maybe maybe is the point. It didn't matter to what extent because you could have been a player who wasn't named in this thing, and I don't know that you were moving right away. That's fair because that's you're tied to it. It's still part of the like that's still part until, of it. until people are explicitly cleared. Right, tough. like yeah. like my my point is is that as much as you could hear a bunch of things about how maybe Hart was involved in this or whatever, 
you didn't have anything that formally attached his name to it other than that he was on the team, which is which is probably what held everything up to begin with, regardless of whether, you know, that's what I mean to the extent of people knowing too. Sure. Well, and then the initial what you do know is he was on that team. So I guess there's and he was at the event. So I guess there's a possibility. Right. Well, and in the initial batch of statements, it was he he denied any wrongdoing through a statement from his attorney. Because what would you expect? You of know? course, of course. Um, okay. In yeah. an attempt to put a pin into this and kind of move into some lighter topics, like I said, we may touch on it next week if the London police say anything interesting on Monday, well, but I, yeah. we will get into that. Um, in, a, in an attempt to put a pin in this, I'm going to make a joke and say that it has been an awful year for Jersey sales or uh, Jersey <laughs> sales in the Philadelphia area because there's a whole lot of Carter Hart jerseys at every game. For years, there was a whole lot of Ivan Provorov jerseys at That was okay. And there's so uh, that this is one of the last that things ended I up working to, out well. But this right, well, this is one of the last things I want to mention about this because this is one of the things that. Oh, I've that, already seen people flipping seventy nine jerseys. Oh, no, I know, but I'm saying stuff. this is one of the things that you feel really horrible about when now that you know that there's a charge attached and there's a lawyer statement and all that yep. is. One of the hardest parts with this, and obviously, again, the main goal here is justice for the victim. Are you going to mention the say, jersey you know, number? What's that? Are you going to mention the jersey number? No, it has nothing to do with the jersey oh. number. It's it's not that. Because that whole thing's kind of slimy now, too. Oh, like what? The, the idea of that number? Well, in well, and you heard the whole thing about why he has that number and the kid with the, the yeah. It, well, that part. Slimy. Okay, so a little bit. Because like, because like. Obviously, aside from thinking about the victim in all of this and and yeah. and you know what she has to deal with and and reliving this every time they, you know, need testimony or whatever, right? Like that that in and of itself is horrific enough. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sitting there thinking about if you know with Carter Hart's inv- like uh, alleged involvement in this and and right. now that a charge's been filed, like you sit there and you start thinking about like w- maybe more than any prospect recently. This was a guy that I think people got to know more about. You knew a lot about like he was they, 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 well, no, no, beyond that, it's just they highlighted his parents. You're thinking about like, you know, how do you think his parents feel finding this out? You know, or what? how much did they know? He, he brings up his billet all the time, you know, yep. like things like that. You sit there and you go, we, it felt like we knew more about this. And then and then I what I really feel bad for is and this is, has no direct tie to Carter Hart specifically. Yeah, but it's the influence that, he, you know, you're a goaltender. You have a very unique number for a goaltender. And how many times do you think you'll see as you go to a local rink somewhere that the goalie's wearing number 79 because um, that's, yes, no. you know, whatever. The hard part with some of this is that, and I've seen people talk about this on social a little bit, is as rightfully so as it is that he's not playing, he's on leave, he probably won't be a flyer or an NHL or beyond this as far as we know. Trying to explain to seven, eight, nine, ten year old kids how, how we got here. the well, how the player that for the last several years, as long as they maybe have known, I mean, let's face it, he's been in for the league. Some for kids six, is, right. Yeah, he's been for in the league for six kids, years. as long as they've been alive. Right. There's kids in first grade who have never known any other Flyers goaltender. And beyond well, be and beyond that, even like I'll I'll let that's why I even throw in the eight, nine, ten year olds because okay, fine, you were two or three when he made his debut. Right. You, the, he's still the only goaltender you I probably right. know. If you like if you as you're growing up, if you're that age group and you you know oh, this hero. is your hero, right? He's this is your hero. And you find out that your hero's not what you think he is. Not a good person. And and, like and again, objectively not a good person. Right. If and, this is true. And I you know, 
I I do feel like I feel for the parents of people like of kids of that age group that that are sitting there going, I don't know where to start with this because yeah, and, and again, it kind of goes back to tying it all together. The, you know, it's uncomfortable conversations, but and and it's especially like to me that's also especially like it's going to be especially uncomfortable, not in the cringe way, uncomfortable in the way where it's like it's hard to explain to kids who are eight, nine years old and say why Carter Hart's not around anymore. First, well, especially in light of how it it's, happened. It's like explaining divorce, man. Right. It's like, right. Man. It's, it's it, as well. And especially in light of how quickly it happened that he was backing up on a Sunday and Tuesday, he's not yeah. on the team anymore. He what went out happened? to get milk. He went out to get milk and never came back. Um, oh, okay. Like I said, going well, to try okay, to get into you, yeah, lighter topics. To put a, we were yeah, making you a wanted joke. to put a pin in it. You sure as hell just did with that comment. Wow. Carter Hart jerseys are uh, disappearing from the Farg. Ivan Provorov jerseys are disappearing from by, the Farg. By the way, for what it's worth, I think some of the other online outlets still had them for a while. I know. Any, anyway. No, um, like, like eight, one, eight, one, of the things, one of the things we didn't talk about last week, the Stadium Series jerseys came out. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. They sure as hell made sure that any store in the center did not have them. I bet they for, did. Like, like you can get anybody else. You want to get your Jamie Drysdale jersey? Go right ahead. You know, you want to get your Travis Konechny, you know, your Flyers All-Star this year? We'll get to him. Well, another jersey that I'm sure you could get, but there's a chance you may not be able to get it for very long. Yeah, you want to get into this? Whoop. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yes. Uh, apparently, allegedly, <laughs> to use that term in a little bit of a lighter uh, fashion, circumstance, uh, apparently, Danny Briere has, a, as he has done for basically the last year, several months here, uh, has remained open and is taking sure. phone calls on Scott Lawton. Now, if you're paying attention around the NHL, Elias Lindholm got moved over the All-Star break. Uh-huh. Uh, and everyone else kind of looked around and went, huh, there's not a lot of centers left on the market, are there? There weren't to begin with, to be honest. He well, was right. the centerpiece. And then, and then Lindholm disappears, and you look around and go, okay, who else is there? And it dries up real quick, and all of a sudden, Scott Lawton is, but, a, um, is a valued asset here. What what year was – I feel like there was a year fairly recently where free agency was kind of boring because everybody found out where everybody was going like in the 12 hours before it really hit. Yeah, and that was the, the, I think so that instead was the, of the last – that was the last year they had the tampering period. Right. Okay. That's, I think it was 2017. Or I'm seeing 18. like, like the reason I'm bringing that up is because I'm seeing a lot of who said the trade deadlines, March 8th, <laughs> there's not going to be a trade deadline. Everything. Everybody's everybody just decided, forget it. We're doing it a month early. Well, I think there's more and more data to suggest that having a player for 40 games is better than having a player for 22 games. Well, there is, um, you know, when it, when it comes to integrating, integrating them into your system, when it comes to like, I mean, you're adding a better player. Theoretically, he makes your roster better. So getting them earlier will make your roster better earlier. Um, but it's going even, to be... even just for system integration more than anything. Yeah. Well, you're, but you're talking about from the receiving end. I'm, right. I'm also trying to think from the seller perspective where it's like, maybe there's just an emphasis on, listen, the, the risk is not worth the push. I guess at that point, meaning the risk of losing a player for absolutely nothing is not worth. Let's take a shot at this because it's not technically out of reach. Like, right. like the Calgary Flames have a, a month, over a month until the trade deadline. They're five points out of a playoff spot, and with the way yeah. that the with the way the Western Conference has been, 
all over the place. I mean, for goodness sake, you've got a team that is talk about, a, you know, not not slow news days over the all star break, by the way. Right. Like no. in addition to all the trades that you're like that you're mentioning or whatever, the team that is holding the first, not the second, the first wild card spot fired their coach. Yep. And Michael Buble may or may not be on mushrooms. Well, that was totally different. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into wild cards off, but uh, that's the story right. that you no, know, that's the story that comes out when it is a slow news day. Right. Not not the uh, LA Kings fired their coach and an All Star got traded to another. And Elias Lindholm got traded, right? You know. Um. So if okay, if you're Danny Briere, right, and someone calls you yeah. and says, "Hey, I like Scott. What do you want uh-huh. for him?" Is this okay? If it's just a first round pick from a team that's going to lose in the first round, right? If it's this a, a pick that you expect somewhere to be between 16 and 20, mm-hmm. are you are you taking that for Scott Lawton at this point in time? Um, you said if you said a first, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's it. it. That yeah. the bar is a first if Colorado calls If somebody's off. offering you a first round pick, especially this year, like that soon, for for Scott Lawton, you're taking it you, or you should. Man, I feel like Colorado. I just said Colorado kind of off the cuff there. I feel like that makes a ton of sense. Holy. Sure it does. Holy. Um, it, Ima- this is, Imagine that penalty killing unit with Scott Lawton, Bowen Byram. This, it, this, this is such a worthy conversation because we've had a chance to sit for a week and process the last handful of games that the team has played and where they're at and all of that. It's it's an interesting conversation to have because I you know you you asked last week where did optimistic Kevin go yeah and I've had a lot of time to think about where they are right now and I'm not trying to tell you that it's gone completely it shouldn't but, be well I, I I've already said uh, on multiple occasions they've earned the chance to get this back on track just like they did going into the new year when they lost a few games they've earned that chance absolutely but. If they don't get this corrected and in a hurry, they're not going to be in the playoff picture for much longer because you can't expect for, for now other the teams thing, to keep losing. Well, because for now, the thing that's benefited them is, is that over the course of this five game losing streak, nobody in the Metro has been good. Yeah. And that's allowed them to survive in third place in a division. Like the only team I can think of that really came on as of late is. Carolina was really turning it around at the right, like going into this break. Right. And as such took, not only took over second place, but when, it, remember the flyers at one point in time were two points out of first. Now there's seven. Is. Well, no, no, right. Carolina currently is. And, yeah. and the flyers are seven points behind the Rangers and five behind Carolina. Now that yep. may be the only two teams that kind of got it figured out in, with oh, enough I, time. That's to the take top advantage. two in the division. Well, I know, but I'm saying that may be the only two teams that got it figured out and with enough time to take advantage of what the Flyers weren't doing. You know, I agree. Everybody else behind them, though, like you're sitting there going, the Islanders didn't win enough. Pittsburgh didn't win enough. New Jersey didn't win enough. Washington didn't win enough. The only thing that is really worth paying attention to with those, because New Jersey is the one that stands out to me more than anything. New Jersey has three games in hand on the Flyers. And is supposedly probably as soon as the first game after the break, getting Jack Hughes back. And they just lost two of their biggest young prospects in a devastating fashion. What because of the yeah, eh, I, the, no, it's kind of that's the kind of thing that sucks the life out of the room, man. I'm telling you. 
I think Jack Hughes coming back injects a whole lot more of it back in. That's that is, you know what? That is entirely valid. And I think if the devils were a deeper team, like honestly, what was Michael McLeod was playing? What second line center for them? At one point in time, he was fourth. Okay. I thought so. Like I, that's why I'm not, that's why I'm kind of struggling off. Okay. Because okay. I'm going Cal foot at most nights. Couldn't even get into the lineup. No, that part's fair. Yeah. He has and, struggled. And as far as I know, like, all right, maybe. Well, once you put hold on, once you put Hughes back into the picture, then their center depth looks better because it's Heisher Hughes. And right now, right now it says Curtis Lazar, Chris Tierney, Justin Dowling. All right. I just mean McLeod's a guy who played a bunch of big minutes because both Heisher and Hughes have been hurt over the last couple of years. But right. McLeod was um, having like, honestly, all things considered, was having a solid year. All things considered up to that point. Like so was Carter Hart. Well, Mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) Um, um, but, but like, you get my point. Like, I think that them getting up, like it's cause it's not just them getting a player back. It's the caliber of the fact that it's Jack Hughes, right? Jack Hughes is an outstanding elite player in this league. And the fact that they are once again, within striking distance with, with the games in hand that they have, yeah. like, like, I, I don't know of anything with Pittsburgh or Washington where you sit there and you say, well, this guy's coming back. So that'll make a difference. It's they are what they are. It's what he, now it's what you decide to do with with your roster. Sid's doing his best to will Pittsburgh into the playoffs. Though. Sid like, is. He, I mean, oh, Gensel man. is, you know, like because Gensel's had a, a decent year. Like yep. the, the I can tell you. What oh, the but I just I just know Dubas is itching to trade Gensel. I just know it. He's itching to pull the plug on this and fire everybody they're, into the side. But, but, you know, but here's the thing. They're a weird team, too, because they're five. They're five points out of a playoff spot also. And with a four, ro- with with a roster full of their guys that their GM did does not like does not have any sort of attachment to with with a roster that went out and added Eric Carlson that you know other than doing, him. Well, no 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 that added Eric Carlson think what thinking that that would improve the team defense. I mean the guy is about as he might as well be a forward. You know and like and that's the weird part right like they've got first of all they got four games in hand on the Flyers which which is massive. Yeah. Um, but they've got a plus 12 goal differential. Like they shouldn't be a team that's lost more games than they've won with that. You know, because well, when they're lost... scoring, they're scoring in absolute heat droves. Yeah. Right. And that, that kind of skews your goal differential. Well, and, like, this is the thing too. Like I look at the opposite end of the spectrum and I go a team, uh, you're talking about a team that's still, by the way, on the other hand, Washington, that still has Alex Ovechkin, still has John Carlson, still has Oshie, still has like a whole bunch of, still has Tom Wilson who can. Guys who can cross. theoretically turn it up over the these, the, that these last got, 35. That team's got a minus 31 goal differential. I want to know how, when you've played 47 games and are a minus 31 goal differential that you're supposed to make the playoffs. You're not right. That's yeah. I. That's why I say I consider them a non-threat. You, you know, you want to talk to me about Pittsburgh or New Jersey because Pittsburgh's got a plus twelve goal differential and has time to make this thing up. Fine. You want to talk to me about New Jersey getting Jack Hughes back? Fine. You you even want to convince me that maybe because they're only four points behind that that the Islanders under Patrick Waugh, still weird to say, by the way. Um, And they've been fairly hot since they got Patrick. Well, no, they have. I mean, they've been okay. Like they're one, two and one. So they haven't exactly again. That's not a team that's exactly grabbed hold of the reins and said, let's get back in this thing. Like it's quite possible. that and, And the Islanders don't have a lot of extra games to be played. They're at 49. Right. 
so they're same right thing up against with the, the Flyers here. So so same yeah, but so same thing with the teams that are behind them. That like yep. to like to me, the team that's the biggest threat to this right now is Jersey. Yep. And then and then probably Pittsburgh. So I, I, know, I know if we that's need to the get case, to the trade deadline conversation. Right. If that's point, the but. case, does that prevent you from selling? Like if, if you're no. looking at the okay, you're still willing to take pieces off of the current roster? Because I don't think like grand scheme of things, let's take the other piece that's been out there the most. Like Lawton's gonna be number two in this, obviously, because now you have more formal reports that say that like essentially sound like he's being shopped more than just taking calls. Right. Like, like if you're taking if, if it's out there that you're taking calls, you're kind of shopping. Right. 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 So the other name Sounds that like you're courting calls. Right. So the other name that I guess would be in the similar situation is Sean Walker, because his name's been out there for a while. Right. Well, and that one makes a little more sense because like, well, yeah, to a because, certain extent, you do just have eight defensemen. Well, it, exactly. I was going to say, if you move Sean Walker and try to get as much as humanly possible for him in a trade. What does it do to your current roster now that you've added Jamie Drysdale? It not does not. I mean, it, it does. It does because well, you give somebody worse more ice time, right? You give Nick Sealer more ice time or Mark Stahl or Rasmus Ristolainen. Somebody who hasn't been as good as Sean Walker this year I don't will know get that, more ice time. I don't know that Sealer's been much like that Sealer or Ristolainen have been much worse than they Walker. I don't know. I think Walker's been pretty decent. Walker's year. leveled off a lot more in the last okay. few weeks. That's what I'm trying to get at. And like, you know, then if you want to ride the perceived notion that his value is still higher, then I'm fine with that. Well, there's a, there's also a reason for that. And I've seen like Anthony DeMarco's had a lot of good stuff on this um, because he's really been following the Walker angle of this, that the asking price is a first for him, that there's a good potential that nothing really happens with this until Chris Tanev moves because that's probably the top defenseman on the market that like, like why is Lawton's name coming up? Because Elias Lindholm got traded. Yep. Like there's a vacuum. Well, and then, and then by the way, it wasn't just Elias Lindholm, the same, this, this was the move because Lindholm got moved a couple days earlier than this. So the same day that um, LA fired McClellan and right. uh, made that, put that news out there, Sean Monahan got traded. To Winnipeg, and, and that was the again, other big center. But, but again, somehow you know you've got now you got two, you know two trades that make that the case, right? That's a great little load up deal for Winnipeg, by the way. Like that is Sean Monahan is exactly the kind of player that yeah. Will but I also you got to give flowers to Kent Hughes for putting on a masterclass of asset management to to say to um to say to Calgary when they got him when they got Monahan. Okay, we'll take the contract. We want a first, also, yep. just to take the contract. Fine, and then turning his turning him into a first. So, so they got two first round picks for taking on his contract and then moving him. That's brilliance. I mean, but stellar. It, but, it, but it does with Lawton. It does kind of now set the market that if you are an event because the center market's so thin, if you're an available center, a first yep. is kind of where it's at. Because if and really like Lindholm getting a first was expected. He's an all star level player. Monahan really sets the tone for that because now that Monahan drew a first, you're sitting there looking and like the parallels are too good at this point to sit there and say, listen, you you're getting a jack of all trades player right. who can play center. I'm you looking know, it up here. Do you know? Do you know if Colorado has their first round pick this year? I will double check it just to make sure. But I believe I, I did just. I believe I just looked at this the other day, and I believe that they do. 
Okay. I wouldn't be surprised that uh, Joe Sackick is a, a careful guy. And he's... well, it, 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 Sackick and um, Chris McFarland. I know he's, he's the, the president uh, of hockey ops. Right. Who's now the GM of the team who they made... don't. Ooh, so they do have their first, but they don't have their second or third. So they may be a little hesitant to depends. But if they think Scott Lawton can help them win a cup, then you right. go for it. Then right. you go for it. Well, because guess what? They don't they they ha- they don't have a second in 25 either. They do have their third there. But a third's not getting this done when two guys just went for no, a first. Not, especially not next year's third. No, sir. Nope. Right. A player that we won't see for about the only four thing years. That, right, about the only thing that you could maybe convince is you want to go first and don't want to go this year's first, then next year's. Sure. And even so, like the Flyers are now in a very like between Walker and Lawton alone, and the idea that they're thinking that maybe they could get first from. I'm a little like, and I I had somebody ask me what what they think of getting like I legitimately think think that yes, based on track record now, you can get a first for Scott Lawton. The market right. is dictating as such. Walker, I'm thinking a little bit more like, you know, listen, you can ask for a first. I think you need to find a team with a second. I think that's fair. And you might be able to pick up a reasonable prospect kind of in that stead. Like, But I do so- want to say that, e- okay, but even if it's, even if it is a second, whether, th- whether this year or next year for that matter, and Lawton maybe is a first, right? Let's just say those and, and and let's say that those are the only two pieces you want to move, because let's not forget Nick Sealer. They kind of have expressed an interest in keeping him. Yep. OK, we'll see where that goes. Like, th- listen, that also can change depending on where your team's going a month. One of the things I even said is a month ago, you had a lot more figured out because you thought you had Cutter Gauthier in your future and you yep. had Carter Hart on the roster. Yep. Your goaltending situation was solid. You had a center, a, a bona fide top six center in the in the pipeline. Both of those things are different. And both now. of those things are gone. And oh. while and while you turned the potential top six forward prospect into active NHL or with top line potential or top pairing potential, I mean, and the second round pick. Well, yeah, the second round pick is isn't is nice also, but I'm it's like not I'm, nothing. I think I'm trying to talk about from what like without having used the picks yet, right? So you don't have a really good center prospect in the pipeline at this point, and now you need to figure out your goaltending. Again, yep. Because yep. Sam Merson's a good goalie, but he's not going to be. Right. He shouldn't be starting 55, 60 games in the NHL. Nope. Well, no, realistically, unless your name is Andre Vasilevsky, very few guys. Or Igor Shosturkin, you probably shouldn't be at all. Or, or Connor Hellebuck. Right. Um. But at the moment, they have two first rounders this year. They have. Here's how I'm going to color this. They have one second rounder. That's the um. The uh, compensatory pick that they get for oh, the, the, um, the J. O'Brien for the J. O'Brien thing. Yeah. They have a conditional second rounder for this year. That's Columbus's. But let's face it, with where Columbus is, it's going to be a high second rounder. That's probably They're getting going to kick it the next year. Right. So so let's call it one second rounder this year and two first rounders. And next year they have their their first round pick currently. And what would become assuming Columbus kicks the can down the road on that one. Right. Three second rounders. Now imagine that you get again that you and that's what see this is why I think also with Lawton if someone's willing to offer you a first whether this year or next year you take it you could, you're either going to get yourself a third first round pick this year or a second next year and give yourself multiple opportunities in the first round one way or the other okay if Sean Walker is a second rounder this year I'm very satisfied because I'm assuming I don't have a second second rounder right now okay so I would then I would then be coming to the table with four picks 
in the first two rounds this year and potentially five in the first two rounds the next year. And this is before, like, like right now we're just talking Lawton and Walker. Their names right. are now out there. I think it's safe to say at minimum that's that they'll sell a little bit, and that's, you know. And those names are like reasonable, right? Well, I, I yeah, it's I, very. I do, I do think there's a chance that if if they come out of this break and stabilize, I think there's a chance they decide to keep Lawton. If they win eight out of the first eleven. I, I think there's a chance they keep Scott Lawton. Here's where I'm at with that. Well, I'll get to where I'm at with him, but it's very, it is, it's it would be already, it's very practical to say if you sell those two players and are still in the race, you still maybe have enough left well, to take a shot at it. Yeah, but I just despite, mean for the room. Dis- more, I just mean for the room more than anything. No, I know what right? you're saying. Like, no, I know what you're Scott saying. Lawton, Scott Lawton is the only guy John Tortorella has given a letter to. Oh, I know. I, I'm I'm not trying to take away from the significance of that. What I'm trying to say is is that. I know where you're coming from. That if they're still winning and if they're still in the in the playoff position, it's and hard to give up on the, the the guys. Well, it's hard to, but I think you could still sell modestly with those two players, let's say, and still and I'm still not, gonna, not take yourself out of play. I'm not going to fight you on Walker, but I I don't know, man. I think Lawton is a lot. I just think that when you're hearing things like this, especially with the fact that the market's thin. I'm not, not saying they're not going to do it. Well, here, here's and he, well, here's what it is too for me. They're shop. I guess they're shopping him as a center because the center market's thin. He's <laughs> yeah. not even playing center on this team, right? And so, what are you really losing? Played a whole lot of center recently, right? So, um, what are you losing at this point? Oh, but like, all right, but let's but let's just consider. I you're playing the other card. You're playing the what if they win eight out of eleven coming back, right? right? And if they lose eight out of eleven, then I right. Think so we I'm going to give you the possibility the other way, which is that they continue to fall in the standings, and it starts to look like. Last the year. best move is, you know, it, it, that it's best to move more than just the two players that we're hearing about m- the most. Like, again, Nick Sealer, maybe keeping him made more sense a month ago if you moved Walker and felt like you had more put together on your blue line. You know, I'm going to like I'm going to throw, you know, I still think, by the way, because I'm going to uh, I'll throw two names into the mix that I think their futures are in question. I do think they're going to be better offseason moves than trade deadline moves, but I think you're going to hear a lot about Cam Atkinson in the offseason. I think you're going to hear some about Nick Delorier as well, even though he's got a no move clause. Yeah. I think you're going to hear some stuff about him. And one way or the other, by the way, could be, you know, I hate to say it could be buyout. Okay. Is it a no trade or a no move? I believe it was no move. I'll double check that while I have caps. Chuck. Chuck. Uh, Oh, oh, well, all right. It's hold on modified. So it's not impossible. Okay. Is it a modified no trade? Yes. Oh, so they can buy him out if they want. Okay, no problem. Okay. I thought it was a no move and they couldn't or they couldn't waive. No modified no trade. Yeah, no. Okay. The cool. only the only player. So Atkinson has a modified no trade as well. Okay. But I think I think he would understand uh, like Cam Atkinson's about as straightforward well, a guy as you can find in that and room. He's he's still on the Columbus contract, right? Like that's not even yes. a contract you signed. So. Correct. Okay. Um Travis Sanheim got a no trade clause in his Which contract. Which makes a lot of sense at this point. And Sean, Sean Couturier has the no move clause. Yep. But that's really it. I mean, nobody else's contract, as far as I know. I don't um, know Travis Sanheim doesn't. Hmm. No, Sanheim has what has no move, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have a no move. He's got a no, no trade. A no trade. Yeah. Like, Cal Peterson's got a modified no trade as well. And I believe that it's not going to be listed here because I guess it's not kicked in yet. 
but we talked about last week that Tippett's is go new contract is going to have a mod. It is a modified no trade in the middle of that. for the like, middle four years. Right for the middle four years yeah. of the eight. So there you go. Anyway, let's get this back on the rails for a second. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause I want to bring another name into this and this is kind of going to tie part of where we're going for the rest of the show too. Travis Konechny. Yeah. I knew that was coming because, and I'm going to tell you why. Cause you're going to get a, an absolute pile for him. If you decide to move be, him, because look at the package that Elias Lindholm just fetched just an absolute pile. And this is important too, because you do have to start something else. You have to figure out is basically who's on the roster next year is well, per, I, like, like definitive, yeah. like definitively start asking yourself that question. And here's the thing with the, and we've already talked about this. So I'm going to hit these quick and then get kind of to where Konechny's name comes into this picture a little bit. You have a lot figured out defensively to an extent. Sanheim's on a long-term deal. You just acquired Drysdale, so you're definitely keeping him. Yep. Cam York. Salinen's locked up. Well, I'll York's get to risk there. though. But wow. Cam, yeah. Cam York and Igor Zamula have taken some good steps, so you're probably going to continue to work with them. Emil Andre's in the system. Addard and Jenning in the system. Oliver yeah, I Bonk don't see. June. I don't see how keeping Nick Sealer makes sense at this point. But okay, I know that. Well, I know the, they're the, talking uh, about uh, it. But whatever. Here, hold on. I think it makes sense if you think that you like when you looked at this team and that they were a lot more like this team was a lot more of a lock to make the playoffs a, a month ago than they were than they are now. Ago. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I at that and at that time, if you're looking at that and saying we can rebuild, but we could also be competitive and Nick Sealers, what's helping us do that and really right. good for the room. Then, yes, I think you I think I understand how you're maybe picking Sealer over Walker and saying that's who we're going to keep as the veteran guy. Right. He's been and, here a and, little and, bit and longer. Who knows? He'll be I don't, a little like, cheaper. Like, I don't think Ristolainen's a guy you, you're able to move at the deadline because the contract's so year. hard to work. Maybe next year, but not this year. Well, no, I think he's I think it's a contract you explore in the like you would explore moving in the offseason if you want okay. to go there because teams can prepare for it differently. You can sit there and say, listen, were you gonna sign a guy to this contract, or do you want a defenseman who can realistically, you know, is a really you know good third is. pairing guy, but could probably play second? And yeah. is making five point one million dollars for the next three years, right? Absolutely. Like it's a lot easier to sell. So Ristolainen is more of a wild card in that spot. I, I like I, I brought up that Bonk is still in juniors at this point and having a killer second half Looking of his season. Fantastic. Um, you're probably drafting another defenseman at some point with all those draft picks that I mentioned. So they've got pieces in there now and in the future. So as you know. We know, you know, as much as we know that they would like to keep Nick Sealer, you have to start asking that tough question about what's smarter to do. Like that's why, like you just said, go to full, go to forward now, though. Yeah. Okay. Sean Couturier is locked up long term. Yep. You have oh, a oh, longer long term. You brought what Tippett? Yeah. Okay. I was getting him third. Um, oh, okay. Okay. You have a longer contract for Joel Faraby. Yep. He's around for the next few years. It's you know, oh, Ryan Paling just got a new contract, so he's part of this for the next two years. Yep. Um, or at least for the next year plus. Valid. Um, Tyson Forrester and Noah Cates appear to be part of it because they have consistently been a part of it. Perhaps if things are saved for Morgan Frost and his relationship with John Tortorella, maybe he's part uh, of it. Yeah, I don't. But think there's not can... exactly convincing evidence there. Yeah, I don't think you can write that one down in pen. No, I'm penciling it in because yeah. I think some things have taken steps, but I think it's gotten better. Honestly, I think Morgan Frost, Yell, and Adam kind of helped. Well, let's well hang on a minute here. Here's the reason again, the reason why I'm saying there's not convincing evidence either is because on one hand, 
you're thin at center and the center market's thin and I don't think you want to get thinner at center. Like, like I think it makes more sense to say trade Scott Lawton, who you're not using as a center, that somebody else away. is going to consider a center and maybe hand you a first round pick for him. Absolutely. I don't know that that's how people are going to feel about frost. Okay. And that's why I'm saying pull back on that one for a second. Um, but really in mentioning those names, that's really only six guys. I feel confident in mentioning in the here and now. And none of the younger guys in that picture, other than Frost, who I don't actually think I considered it. Yeah, I didn't really consider even in it. I went Couturier, Farabee, Tippett, Paling, Forrester, Cates. None of the six that's younger is a center. Like, Couturier is a center, but he's not younger anymore. Paling is, but let's be real about what Paling's role is. So none of them are that middle six or top six center. You thought you had an answer in Cutter Gauthier. Now you don't. Right. Okay, go to goalie. There's another position where you were starting to feel comfortable. Carter Hart, Sam Harrison. Nice rotation. They play off each other well. Good balance. You got some, you got some good young prospects that you're kind of excited about long term. Right. Well, right. now that's gone. And while you do have, you know, you have Alexi Kolosov who signed his ELC. By the way, another move about the, remember the, the whole line of goalie moves? That's another one. That you sit there and go, eh, they got that guy locked up to his ELC. Really? Mm-hmm. They wanted to make sure that was done, right? Mm-hmm. And you have two goalies that you drafted in the last year. I Actually, I think also, by the way, from the goalies last year, um, I think Bjarnason signed his ELC too, didn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so Bjarnason signed as well. Yep. So, so two of them are signed. A lot of urgency um, around the goalie position for a team with right. a 25 and a 23 year old. Well, I don't know. I think you're not. I don't think you were as much as you signed him like you were. I don't think you like. Let's no, be I real, know. Let's be real about what 1.5 million represents for Sam Harrison. It's, right. we're, it's you know, it's money. we like you. No, but it, it's we like you wow. a lot, but we're not convinced yet. Valid. Not completely. I think I think, again, he's shown signs he can be a starter. Can he be a franchise? That remains to be seen. Okay. This, this is, if nothing else, this is where you find that information out. You're probably not wrong. Yeah, because as long as you're in the playoff race, he's going to start a lot. Right. I mean, like, of games. It, like truthfully, if they find a way to, considering where they're at and how they've lost a little bit and all that stuff like that, they make the playoffs this year with him as the number one guy. You start to feel a lot more comfortable about that answer. You start to vote him for the heart. That's trophy. for sure. But the, mm, I don't go that far. But <laughs> the bottom line is the outlook has changed a lot in the last few weeks. And to me, this is where we find out just how much power Danny Briere and Keith Jones have in this. And if this is their show and they are the ones calling the shots and everything that they've been telling you to this point is stay the course ahead, you know, stay on the course, despite the fact that you've had some unexpected success. Then it may be the, it may be best to be sellers and open for business and not get caught up in the standings. I liken them to the Washington Capitals last year and the Capitals were different. They were, they're still playing, you know, squeeze every last ounce out of Alex Ovechkin and the, and the core that's there. I get it. Yep. But they also had the foresight that despite the fact that they were within three points of a playoff spot with eight days to go until the trade deadline. Nah, we're just going to go ahead and ship out the best defenseman that really probably the best defenseman that was on the market. Right. We're just going to set the market now and just go. Yep. And I, I do think that that is something that, the flyers may look to do if they are. I think you gotta. Yeah. But I just, I don't know to what extent we'll see. I I don't know if Danny Breer is willing to give them some leash. I I mean, obviously he has has made a move here. That's where the move over all-star weekend. So he clearly is willing to give them some amount of leash here coming out of it. But it's the difference between moving Walker and maybe Lawton 
because Lawton's kind of played on the bottom six. And and as much as you like the leadership in the room, and as much as you like his you know his veteran presence and all that stuff, and his versatility, I think Walker's- if he's bringing if if Lawton's bringing in a first round pick, especially when Walker's not a guarantee to, I I just find it hard to walk away from the table. I know, Espe- especially considering I mean, let's put this way, whether whether it was true or not, because it was a re- it was a report. Okay. Whether it was true or not that he had a first round pick on the table for Lawton in the offseason or not, the reaction to that is enough to sit there and tell you if it happens again, you may not want to walk away this time. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. you're just really being pushed. Konechny is the guy that I sit there and I say, that's the one that I am so hesitant. And this is the story I wrote kind of going into the all star appearance that he had because to me, he's at the forefront of the rebuild now. now. Yeah. Because well, you you know what decision you face. You either are he's either in or he's out. Well, he he's either in or he's out, and he's either out as one of your biggest, probably your biggest selling asset at this point. Yep, that he's an all star forward who's got thirty, you know, consistently thirty goal potential, sixty to seventy point potential. Has shown flashes of the potential to do more. Has become more of a leader. Is a gritty guy. Is a edgy player. All of those qualities. Is, by, oh, by the way, gaining some now, reputation as one of the better chirper kind of disturbers in the. Well, league. I was going to go a different direction. Is gaining a reputation now as a guy who plays in all situations. This is a guy who didn't that kill too. penalties until John Tortorella was here. That too. Now yeah. he's a shorthanded specialist, practically. Oh, John Tortorella has made Travis Konechny so much money. On his you're next not, contract, not, yeah, you're not kidding about that. Holy. And that's also what's and that's also what's looming, right? Is is that big next as contract? Of, well, is as of July, you can sign him. Yep. You know, because you're within a year of the. And extension. I think you almost have to, just given what he's done over the last couple of years. Like you got to sign him early because what if he comes out and scores forty next year? But that's what I'm saying. You, you're, it's either you're selling this last year at minimum, the last year, maybe and change, right. or you are re-signing him and he's part of the core yep and again the difference a month makes a month ago i'm telling you without hesitation he's a flyer for a long time yep because he's in this picture now i sit there and i go you don't have a center prospect to build around you you may not like honestly you may not have a number one defenseman to build around you may like you may require a top pairing defenseman but you may not have a number one i think you have two number two defensemen Possibly, but you yeah. would if you would like that number one. Of course, and okay, and, and that, that you may not have a franchise goalie. Yep, right. And this is something that, like I said, I it looks at this point, Danny Breer hasn't made a move yet. It looks like he's going to give the the team a little bit of leash to to see where it plays out. If they win three of the first four, maybe you know these conversations change. Right. Well, um, there's there's also um, my point is there's giving them the leash to get back on track in the playoff race, and there's also shooting for the playoffs in year sure. one of a public rebuild when you just found out that in the last, literally in the last month, number one goal is gone. And the top prospect center that everybody thought was going to solve a chunk of problems right. is gone too. Yep. Um, Changes the okay. whole picture. Yep. Um, eh. All-star right. weekend. Yes. I was going to say, we are on our way out of here. Um, we're up against a little bit of a time crunch here. So we're going to breeze through all-star weekend real quick. Okay. Oh, there's not much to um, talk about. Did, I'm, which, which, I'm gonna... which part do you want to talk about? I'm I'm going to talk you through the events and you just hit me with a cool or lame and then at the <laughs> end we we can circle back and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Um, I, there's not much cuz I didn't pay as super close attention to it obviously. The, the jerseys, cool or lame? Lame, terrible. Oh, disagree, but we'll talk about that. Uh the pl- the player draft. Um okay. 
kind cooler of lame. We'll come back to it. Cooler no, lame. Fi- no, no, no. Fi- it's a 50-50 answer. Because I had no, I had the answer right away. It's a 50-50 answer. Here's the thing. The draft concept is very cool. I think it's I think it's outstanding to do that and, and mix players up and get combinations you don't normally have. It's so super scripted that or feels so super scripted that it that it's cringy. I the, guess the, the celebrity captains being there is cringy. The players trying to act like they don't know where they're going with their picks right. is cringy. Like, just stop. You you heard the mic'd up audio of Nathan McKinnon telling everybody else that Sid was off limits. Sure. Hilarious. Okay. Um, okay. So uh the uh all-star or the skills competition. Cool. I lame. liked it a lot better as an individual thing, yeah. I agree. I'm gonna go cool. I mean, uh, I, it game, sucks when game. you have players that your team, like, that are representing your team that may not participate. I get that. I, I don't care. But I, but to put to put money on the line and then say, you know, let let McDavid and uh, McDavid and Pasternak and Matthew, like, like the fact war. that Matthew's got it, like, well, the fact that Matthew's got himself back into that thing and made it a competition again, even, even though it seemed like, look, McDavid seemed like the obvious guy to win something like this, you know, he that was you know that was another right. night at the office for him to do things that he was trying to do on those skills right but yeah but I you get the point i think i thought it had a unique aspect to it that made it a little bit more like made it made it more entertaining entertaining than the games to some extent i was gonna say and the games themselves cool or lame are we the, i don't the three look, on i don't three format there's an element where i don't mind the three on three i know why they do it it's you know what it is at this point it's so blatantly obvious that certain players don't want to be there and would rather be on vacation. Yeah. Like I, like, I almost wish the NHL you. would remove the penalties and just let guys skip it if they don't want to be there. It's it's beyond letting guys skip it to an extent. It's 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 I don't even know what its purpose is anymore because it's lost even like it's lost an element of being special. You might as well just hand out midseason all-star awards and say you're an all-star this year based on what you've and done halfway through and leave it at that because because it, it's not even something that's excite like that generates excitement anymore. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I don't think we really have time for a, a breakdown of the all-star format right now. But no, no, no. It's, no, it's, it's, I, it's, I it's not even agree. on the it's not even on the format. It's like like I saw something that was brought up. I I believe the commentary was really done, uh, really done by uh, Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff about how yep. Sidney Crosby didn't even go like was skating on an outdoor rink in Montana somewhere the, on, during Thursday, the player draft. On, on Thursday and wasn't at the player draft because they don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like. If that's supposed like, if that's okay, then what are we doing here? You know, like, like to an extent, like, like it, it, like it honestly looked like, and 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 I like I hate to go there with it too because it's like the celebrity angle of it too, it's it's just cringy. It's just really cringy. It's it's like what the like it's like what the Pro Bowl be, like has become too. I'm not saying the Pro Bowl was ever like more than like kind of a glorified thing, and the Super Bowl players don't even participate in it, but it's like. The Pro Bowl has no value anymore. I to, to the point where to the point where if I'm not mistaken, oh no, the, the it, Pro Bowl sucks. It's flat. Well, you no, know, isn't it a well? Isn't it now? It didn't used to be, but that's my point. Like yeah. they've had to they've had to simplify it down to let's make it flag football and, because that's how that's how little people want to be here. They've well, turned and, the NHL ones become that because it's let's make it three on three because they don't even have to give their all against three well, other the, players. The thing is with football and in hockey. Right. You, you play a different game because the game you normally play is so physically grueling that 
you don't want to do that for free on your time off as an exhibition in the middle of your regular season. Well, and well, well, and here's the catch though. In in the NFL, with your when you're in the Pro Bowl, it's right. It's the week before the Super Bowl. You're not giving right. up any part of your vacation. It's just delays it by a week. And that's also guys who are just physically destroyed just, at right, the end of the you season. You just wish. You just wish that, like, from the NHL standpoint, like, and this, I guess, ties into what you mentioned about what they announced over the weekend too. No like, sport has a good All Star game. None of them. Baseball sucks. Basketball sucks. Football sucks. They all suck. <laughs> Because they've lost, because they've lost the, they've lost what made them unique in the first place. Okay, honestly, they have. Okay. Like the the one thing, and and at this point, and I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, the the Olympics and this little turn, the, the one downside to the little tournament they announced is that it's only the it's the, the, four, the, four, the four well, nations it's cup. the four nations thing, and you're take you're wiping out half of Europe. Yeah, like, you're only like I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're supposed to, they they just said they're going to host this thing partially in Boston, and you're going to tell me that Boston star player can't play in it, uh, right? Like, come on. And I and I get it. Okay, if you want to sit there and say because you were trying to figure out a solution for a year, you know, for for the year that led up to the Olympics, and and it wasn't enough time to kind of figure out how to get more than four teams involved over a ten day span. Right. All right, I hear you. It's not the World Cup, so I get it. The Olympics is going to be something real and something I'm that, so brings, excited for the that brings that element back. Like, but but what does the what does the Olympics do to scratch the itch that the All Star Game was trying to do with this player draft and all best and, on and best, all not just best on best combinations that you don't typically see. Mm. We, you know, nobody. Oh, there's, Sid's, there's, Sid's going to be on Connor McDavid's wing in that Olympics. Like, come on. <laughs> I would even well, no, I would have well, Sid'll be on Nate's wing. I'm sure. Bingo, and that's the thing. It's yeah. The all-star game in an, in an east-west format where you give everybody a chance to play it like a legitimate game like it used to be is still not creating the... I don't know, man. You had Sid, Nate, Makar on the ice at the same time. And that well, no, 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 no. I'm like, going back to your combination. No, no, no. I'm, I, I went back to the, the traditional oh, okay, okay, east-west okay. three 20-minute periods thing. Yeah. No player draft. It's World not creating, versus North America is the right, superior it's format. It's not creating that unique aspect of, well, yeah. what if Sid got to play with Nate? Because they're from the same hometown, that that doesn't right. exist like that right now. Like in that sense, it well, would only that, exist in the player draft. And that's why even back in the day, the World versus North America format was way better than East West. And even, but even then, it's the All Star Game is too casual of a best on best. I agree. You've got to put some some something substantial around it, and a gold See, medal in the Olympics is going to do that. I was going to say, the all-star format is impossible. It's been tried before. Baseball tried it with home field in the World Series. Putting stakes on your all-star game does not work. The only down and the only downside to what's happening with the all-star game is that when you consider what's happening to the to the draft, also, you're running out of kind of ways to incorporate growing the game fan wise with a gathering point for things like, 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 old, like, you know, like we've talked about the conversation with the draft, how like, Oh, it's in, it's going to be in Vegas this year. And then after that, it's probably going remote. Right. That's going to suck for the league. Yeah. Sorry. It, w- whether your GMs and your team and all your teams are saying it's easier to do this from their headquarters. I'm sure it is. It takes away from an element where you get to bring hockey fans together to one location because everybody's there versus Let's right. just do everything at home. Well, there's there's ways to do it, right? Like if you, there's ways to generate 
interest. But like I said, we're we don't have time to break down the All Star. No, no, no. I'm not trying. No, no, I, I know. I'm not trying to break it down like that. I'm just yeah. saying it's there's so many things that are cringeworthy in it now that it like it, yeah. it's it's such a non-event for me. Like I, I get that, and like I said, I think that's the case with every sport. So it's not even necessarily the NHL in particular. Like what? Um, like like genuinely speaking, and, and listen, maybe it was a little unique for us because of the amount of topics that we've had to discuss over the course of the month of January and even this week. But sure. At this, at the, at the end of the day, I didn't want to have anything. To, like, I think the only thing I actually did around the All Star game was I did write an article, as I tend to do every year, on whoever goes for the Flyers. Sure. So I wrote a Konechny based article, and I used the break as sure using the break as here's a great time to evaluate. Right, that's great. But I didn't want to write anything this week. I no. wanted a break too. No, because like even the NBA, does anybody care about the NBA All-Star game? No. What is everyone talking about regarding the NBA All-Star game? The dunk contest. No, the shoot-off. Steph Curry and... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ionescu. Okay. They're going to go head-to-head. Well, 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 That's no, going to be great. I didn't mean this year specifically, but that gets more buzz than the game itself does. It, oh, absolutely. Always. But I just mean this year in particular. Like, right. the buzz has and, nothing to do with the game. No, and I and I think there was a little bit of that in the NHL, too. Yeah. Like okay. you, you like specialize the skills competition oh. to individuals. You just put a little bit more emphasis back on that, just like the NBA and, does. And one of the reasons I think that the all-star game loses a little luster is that the games don't count. And one of the th things that we can talk about here is games that do count. Oh, that's All right. right. Uh, we got a couple games to get here, here to um, the Flyers play in Florida at home versus Winnipeg at home versus Seattle, Florida and Winnipeg are two of the better teams in the NHL. Seattle's currently kind of hanging on to a, trying to hang on to a playoff spot in the West. Mm -hmm. um, not, not, not tough at all. Right. I, it's a tough little week here. Like, <laughs> Florida's going to come out swinging. Obviously Winnipeg is a good team. The one thing that's going to interest me about the Florida game, considering where they are and they were a team that was getting hot at the break Yeah, is you take a week off and the legs are not quite as fast coming out of the gate. Right. That, that's going to apply to the Flyers too, for what it's worth. Now, interestingly enough, the Flyers, to my, you know, based on the way everything is, to my knowledge, practice literally hours after we're recording this on Sunday, okay. early early afternoon. Their practice, I believe, is at two o'clock in the afternoon in Florida, and then they practice Monday as well. So they're getting a couple of practice days right away to kind of get back into this a little Legs bit. Back up, yep. but it's still once you get into the game, good luck. You know, yep. in the very beginning, it, it can especially be a, against it, a team like Florida. Well, let's not if, forget if when they, they came do back, come out swinging. Well, let's not forget the first break that they came back from when 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 Christmas happened. They played Vancouver, who was right at the top of the standings, and and I, I know the I know where we're getting at. Like you want to get immediately to the Flyers won that game. Yes, they did. Yes. I know. Um, took a little while for anybody to kind of get it figured out though. Like the first period yeah. was very conservative. Then most of the second period was a little bit too, and then a little bit more open, but a little bit conservative as well. And then the flyer scored three goals in like two minutes. And then yeah. that was it. That was it. Yep. You know, but I'm saying expect that first period to be like feeling out process, unless Florida just comes out looking as good as they did. Yeah. Cause but, then you know, that's, but I think yeah. that's what it's going to go. Winnipeg is going to be interesting. Um, Obviously, the Flyers got the better of them the last time they met too. Yep. Much maybe much to our surprise a little bit because that was a team that was rolling. That was then a tough game one nothing in Winnipeg. I I guess does that I guess there's an element that makes that a little bit a little bit different this time that Winnipeg was on such a hot streak before that now uh, they could you know they certainly can't be on as hot of a streak. In fact, they've lost three straight up. going in. 
They're still good, though. <laughs> well, I mean, let's put it this way. They lost the game to the Flyers that snapped, what was it, an eight-game winning streak and a 14-game like point that. streak yeah. and won the next two anyway to yep. kind of keep that going a little. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, they didn't lose to slouches of teams. They lost to Boston and Toronto twice. Right. Like, all right. You know, t- that's it's tough. Seattle's the interesting one because, you know, and, and that's kind of the thing. Like, that's a game you should win if you're trying to stay, stay involved. Yeah, here. I'll give you that. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I'm not going to sit there and tell you I expect them to win, but because you Seattle's sh- on the outside looking in, you yeah. kind of got to figure that one out. You need to get I, two well, points there. Well, to be honest, I don't even, if, if I'm the Flyers, I don't want that thing to get anywhere close to seven and then be like, well, Seattle would be eight if you don't find a way. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're already on five. Like if you don't win a game this week because Florida and Winnipeg are what they are. And then Seattle finds a way to get the better of you because of, let's just say urgency. Listen, I'll already tell you that if they lose the three games this week, next week's podcast is going to be called pull the plug. Um, (laughs) That's not where, and that's not where I'm even going with it. I'm sitting here going, you get, you get this thing to eight and you're staring straight down the barrel of 10 again. Well, and let's not forget too. Like I'm not go, I'm not trying to look too far ahead beyond the three games that are listed, but we're finishing out this particular week and next week is stadium series preview already. Yep. It's five games until that game. Absolutely. So uh, you want to see them win something before then is the point. Like, please yes. win. If you want to keep this thing as a playoff discussion, win a game, at least one game this week, maybe two. Hopefully they can win a game this week to make our next show a little bit less depressing. Uh <laughs> That'll do it for us this week. Uh, like I said, as mentioned here, we will be back next week to talk about this, the the stadium series preview, uh, recap this week's games, yep. uh, maybe touch on you know whatever the London Police talk about tomorrow. Uh, all right, it's been a long week. There wasn't even any hockey games. Uh, excited <laughs> to get back to the hockey games. Uh, follow Kevin for all your coverage uh, for all those games at Kevin underscore Darso. Yeah, my, uh, you my, can... my week of no games is over. I'm gonna have to do a preview on Tuesday again. And then uh, you can also follow the show every, uh, everywhere at YWT Podcast. Download it everywhere you find your shows, including uh, sportstalkphilly.com. And then, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, we will be back next week and one week closer to the trade deadline for better or for worse. So until then, we'll see you.